0: James chapter 4 this morning, I hate that background by the way, but the one I wanted wouldn't transition over to my laptop for some reason, so I improvised. But if you hate it, I do too. You won't see it again tonight. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world, is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, "The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy"? But He giveth more grace. Wherefore saith God, "Resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble." Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Now, this last phrase, this last clause: Resist the devil, and he will flee. From you. Let me say that again. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. One of the greatest lies that the devil means to perpetuate on us, and there's a lot of them, I think his most effective lie is that you've got plenty of time. But I'll tell you one that he really likes. He really likes the lie. That he doesn't exist, but I'm here to tell you that he does exist. He is a person. He was he was once the choir director of heaven. His name was Lucifer, and he succumbed to his pride, and God cast him out of heaven along with a third of the host of angels that wanted to go with him. We now know him as Satan, the devil and a host of other words that the Bible uses for him. And he has one mission, and that is to destroy you. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, not the adversary, an adversary, your personal adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may what? Devour. But if he can get people believing that he doesn't really exist, that makes his job all the easier, doesn't it? He does exist. And he's after you, and he's after your parents, and he's after your kids, and he's after your grandkids, he's after your neighbors, he's after your coworkers. He wants us all. I'd like to believe that in this room that we all understand there is a devil and he means us harm. Have you ever heard somebody, maybe a preacher on TV, maybe somebody in person, and they told you something like this? That old devil, let me tell you what you got to do. You rebuke that devil in the name of Jesus and he'll flee from you. Rebuke him. I rebuke you, devil, in the name of the Lord. You ever heard something akin to that? A couple of problems with that. Number one, that's not exactly what the Scripture says. And number two, most of us could testify that it doesn't bear out practically either. I wonder how many people have tried that. Rebuke the devil in the name of the Lord, and then he just came back harder. Hmm? You see, the Lord rebuked Satan in Zechariah 3. Michael the archangel rebuked Satan in Jude 9. But I can't find anywhere in Scripture that instructs us to rebuke Satan. What does it tell us? Resist him. Two different words. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now, I would much rather come in here every week and leave. And us all leave encouraged and excited and feeling great about life. And and listen, it is wonderful to be saved. Thank the Lord. But my job is to tell you the truth. And the truth is, as we get serious about living for God, as we get serious about pursuing revival, the devil gets more serious too. Already... Already, there are people in our church whose families or loved ones, even if it's extended, but there are people who have been touched by horrific, terrible things that it would be real easy to conclude that the devil is getting active. Our ministry, the devil attacks from without, but even worse, sometimes he attacks from within and I would love to tell you that as we move into this new season where we're pursuing revival and the crowds are starting to get bigger and we're starting to see more people saved we're gonna baptize one tonight Lord willing I'm excited about that we have families joining and and the school is enrolling more kids and, and we've got all kinds of things going on man that's great and don't you think for a second that the devil's gonna sit by and idly let it happen he hates it he hates Jesus He hates this church. He hates you. And he has a whole lot at his disposal to try and throw things off. So as much as I want you to feel good about things, you have to understand that he's coming down the mountain, y'all, and he's coming hard. And we hear things like that and we say, well, I want to have victory over the devil. I want to defeat him. I want to see victory. I want to see us win. I want to see the devil run away with his tail tucked between his legs. We all want to see that. But it's not as easy as the televangelist would have you believe. You can rebuke him all you want to. It's not going to carry the weight that it did when God did it or even Michael, but we're to resist him. I do have good news for you. We can have victory over the devil. We can. We can, and we should. But it involves three ingredients. I'm going to give you all three right now, and it's going to cover the three main points in this morning's message, and tonight. Now, this does not mean, oh good, I can skip tonight. No, I'm not giving you everything for tonight. Lord willing, if he'll help me, I'm going to give you the first two ingredients this morning and then the third one tonight. So which point do you think is the longest? Third one. Okay. All right. It takes three things. First of all, if we're going to see victory over the devil, there's got to be principle. We've got to live by principle. Okay. Secondly, We have to have the right posture. Now, this is what we want to cover this morning. And tonight, with the Lord's help, we're going to talk about the process. Now, this is where a lot of people fall off the wagon. We want the product, but we don't want the process. Now, think about it. Think about it. We accept that there's a process involved in just about everything we do in life. If we, we baked a birthday cake for, I say we, I didn't, I didn't bake a birthday cake. My wife baked a birthday cake for Asher. His birthday was last week and he's now five. And if you stand still long enough, he'll be happy to tell you that he's now five and he's starting school and all sorts of things. Okay. I'm pretty sure that my wife did not get up that morning and say, Lord, you know, we need a cake. So Lord, would you give us a cake? And then we got up that morning, and lo and behold, there it was. No, there's a process involved. Now, does that mean the Lord didn't provide that cake? No. He provided us with the wherewithal to buy the ingredients. He provided her with the knowledge of how to, how to put those ingredients together. He provided us with the oven that would bake it. He provided us with everything we needed, and so He did give us that cake. But there was a process involved. And we understand that process is, is there's processes in everything. But why is it when it comes to us dealing with the Lord about things, we expect things to happen instantaneous with no process? We, we, we want the product, but we don't want to do the work, you know? Do you know why Granite Christian Academy does well with people outside of the church? Because they like the product. And sometimes we, we hear back from them in a negative way because they don't like elements of the process. They want the well-behaved kid, but they don't want to think that their kid ever gets in trouble. Hmm? My, my kid doesn't need to be corrected. Oh, yes, they do. And at times their parents need to be corrected. And at times, the superintendent of the school needs to be corrected, because we're all made of the same stuff, aren't we? There's a process. And so tonight, we're going to talk about that. If we want to see victory over the devil, there's going to be a process involved, and if we're not willing to go through that process, we'll never have victory. But for this morning, we want to talk about principle and posture. And in doing so, we're going to have a clear biblical roadmap to defeating the devil, Defeating the devil. Father, would you help us now to follow these markers on the road map? We want to see the devil defeated. Now, we know he is ultimately. We know that. We know that he has lost the war already. But Lord, we sure would like to see these battles won. We don't want to give up any more ground to him. We don't want to give up any more souls to him. God, would you help us to follow your word? that we might see a defeating of the devil. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, so let's begin. First of all, there's the matter of principle. There's the matter of principle. We're in in James chapter four, look at verse seven. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, that's pretty basic, isn't it? All right, so we all understand we need to resist the devil. If we want him to flee from us, we need to resist the devil. What does resist mean? Well, resist here literally means to stand against or oppose. To stand against or oppose. So if you want the devil to flee from you, you've got to stand against him. You've got to oppose the devil. And I wonder how many today... Now, don't raise your hands, but could honestly say, I stand against the devil. I am in opposition to the devil. If the truth were known, more of us think we are than actually are. The world is bereft of people, even Christians, who will stand opposed to sin on principle. Mm -hmm. We'll stand against things that we don't like how it turns out. I'm not trying to be unkind, but I want to use things that are current to to drive the point home. Why are we against the transgender movement? Why? Most people that are against the transgender movement are not against it by principle. They're against it because of the effect that they perceive it's going to have on them or their families. But you know what? If something's sinful, if something's wrong, we should be against it on principle whether it affects us or not. Now, where am I going with this? Years ago, and and if y'all were caught up in this, I'm not at all trying to be unkind or make fun of you because a lot of people were. There was this rumor going around, and it seems like every 20 years or so, there's a rumor like this that shows up that the CEO of Procter & Gamble was giving money to the Church of Satan. Okay? Now, if that were true, they would never advertise that. Why? Because that's bad for business. But there was, there was this big hubbub, and even I, people in my family that just decided, that's it, we're going to boycott Procter & Gamble. Okay. Um, but let's say that in today, 2023, let's say that the CEO of Procter & Gamble really did come forward and say, you know what? All the money we make, we're going to donate a certain percentage of it to ISIS, or some other group that we would find universally reprehensible. And so you step up and you say, you know what? I'm against Procter & Gamble. Great. And I come by and I, you invite me over for dinner or something, and I come in your house and your little kid waddles up to me wearing pampers. I ask if I can use your restroom, and while I'm, while I'm in there, I notice there's head and shoulders in your shower. And you brush your teeth with Oral-B. And you shave using a Gillette razor. <coughs> and, and there's Charmin toilet paper. And then I walk past your laundry room on the way back to your living room, and there's a the big old thing of Tide. And then, and then I notice in your kitchen, up in the corner is a Swiffer. And the whole house smells like Febreze. <coughs> Guess what? Your house is full of Procter & Gamble products. So what does it say about your resolve to stand against Procter & Gamble if your house is full of Procter & Gamble products? Now, I'm not at all saying that we should just go boycott. Okay, I think boycotts a lot of times don't work as well as we hope they would. Now, for me, I'm just being candid with you, I got no reason to shop at Target. I'm about up to here with Target. Target. Am I calling for a boycott? No. Am I going to think less of you if I'm riding through Christiansburg and maybe I'm coming out of Chick-fil-A, which they're on the edge with me too right now? Yeah. I thought the devil could never touch Chick-fil-A, but he's trying. And I see you pulling out of Target's parking lot. Am I going to say, ah, you don't love God? No, I'm not going to do that. But I don't see any reason for us to spend our money at Target because I I don't believe in what they stand for. The least a business could do is shut up about some of this stuff and just conduct business. Hey, I got an idea for the Los Angeles Dodgers. How about instead of having promotions that, you know, make much of worldly things and wicked things, how about you just put a good baseball team on the field and let people watch baseball? How about that? Huh? Yeah. Crazy. I've just got this crazy theory that if you put a winning baseball team on a baseball field, you don't have to have all these special nights you just win win baseball you know that's my theory i'm not talking about boycotts i'm talking about consistency if you say you stand against procter and gamble but your house is loaded full of procter and gamble products that something tells me you're not very serious <clears throat> i'm against the devil preacher I mean, yeah, we listen to his music, we speak his language, we follow his entertainment, we use his philosophy, we hang around with his associates, and we employ his tactics. But I'm against the devil. Don't tell me you're against the devil in one breath, and then ask me if I saw the latest episode of Game of Thrones. Don't tell me you're against the devil, and every other word out of your mouth is a curse word. Don't tell me you're against the devil, and yet, if we were to look on your your kid's iPhone, the music they've downloaded. Hmm? That's a truth grenade, (coughs) y'all. At some point, we have to live off of principle. Yeah. We want to defeat the devil, we've got to live off of principle. Principle, resist the devil to take your stand against him, to oppose him. Why well, I can't stand what this political party stands for, but I'm going to vote for him every year. You know? By the way, there's some elections, I can't stomach voting for either one of them. I've written in some of you. There's a couple of you in here. In one election, in one election, you were on the ballot for a certain office. One of you almost won school board in Fort Chiswell. Did you know that? Either I don't like the candidate or I don't know anything about them, and thus I don't want to cast my vote for a bad person. Principal, y'all. Paul said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for saints. Can I ask you something? When you put on armor, what are you involved in? You're involved in a war. That's right. And a war gives no quarter to the enemy. Too many Christians are against what the devil brings about in people's lives, but they harbor no real animosity towards the devil in particular. I don't like how this is going to affect me, but I'm not against it until it does affect me. Let me tell you one, I'm, and I can make people mad, I don't care. I'm against abortion, but I, but... You'd have been against, you'd have been okay. You'd have been pro-choice until your mama decided to choose to do away with you. Yep, yep. Can I just tell you something? I'm against abortion. And there's no butt to it. Do we need to love people that have been through that? Do we need to try and win them? Absolutely. Do we need to be kind and reach them with the word of God? But I am wholesale against the slaughter of babies. Amen. I just am. Yeah. I don't like that preacher. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be unsympathetic to the plight of people. But you can't give me a good reason to kill a baby. You just can't. But there's Christians all over the place. I'm against it. All shucks. I'm against it. But let me tell you something. That's not a stand worth taking. It doesn't affect me, so I don't. But you let, you let, your, you let your, your daughter decide she's going to have one. Your little grandbaby. All of a sudden, it affects you. See, Well, I guess if people just want to live the way they want to live, I mean, that doesn't affect me until it's permeated our schools. Then all of a sudden, we're against it. We need to stand on principle. You remember, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. The world needs saints who will take a principled stand against sin and suit up with the whole armor of God. So if you want to have the victory over the devil, the first thing you've got to do is have the principle to say, you know what, not only am I against him, I'm going to show I'm against him. Principle. Then number two, we want to defeat the devil. First of all, there needs to be principle. Second of all, it has to do with our posture. What's your posture? When I sit I catch myself a lot hunched. What should I be? Mhm. When I sit straight, I instantly look better which I know is amazing that that could possibly be the case. But yes, there is a way for me to look better. (laughs) And here's the posture of most Christians today. And we are squared our shoulders back, and we are ready to take on the world, and we are ready to accomplish everything. That's our posture. Wrong. Posture. I know, I do look like Superman. I know. (laughs) And when I take my glasses off, it becomes all the more apparent. Fine. No. Um, Most out of shape Superman y'all ever seen. It's part of my disguise. You see, under here is really good abs. Under here way under here (laughs) what is your posture what is your default setting spiritually is it contention is that your natural go-to i'm just gonna argue about everything asher's like that right now asher will argue with you boy sure is a pretty day not really what I told him something the other day, just a, a general statement of fact. No, it's not. Son, stop arguing because that's just what he does. That's his posture right now. And there's some Christians that it doesn't matter what you say. They want to argue with you. Yeah. I, have, I have defriended a bazillion people on Facebook. That may be a bit of a hyperbole. But I've, I've defriended a lot of people because every time I put a verse up and try to be encouraging, you know, that's not actually what that verse means. Actually, if you, oh, shut up. There's a Greek word for that kind of mentality. (laughs) One of confidence. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being confident, but but if we go into every situation confident in ourselves, we're going to get hurt. Do you have a posture of being fearful? There's some Christians, they're scared of everything. And some Christians, they're defensive about everything. And some Christians, their posture is one of Eeyore. How you doing today? Well, I guess I'll make it. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing tough things that people have been through. But let's be honest. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can, we can display Eeyore Christianity. Yep. I don't know, Pooh. I guess I'll just... You know, I lost my tail again. <laughs> By the way, you don't have to be Tigger either. You ever, you ever met a Christian Tigger? You're going through a rough time. <laughs> I like the bounce. You know, you don't, you don't want that either. That can get annoying too. But what is your spiritual default setting? If you're left to yourself and all things are equal, where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself defeated? Do you find yourself uh, confident? What is the right posture for a Christian who's going to have a victory over the devil? You ready? Our default spiritual setting should be submission. If I'm happy, if I'm sad, if I'm encouraged, if I'm discouraged, no matter what appears, my default setting is one that is ready and excited to submit to the will of God for my day. How do I know that? Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. But what does it say right before that? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Too many Christians think that they can speak some word of rebuke in Jesus' name and then continue living as they wish, and the devil's going to run. You've been in services like this. You've seen services like this. You just, you just speak, rebuke in the name of the Lord. And they don't say anything about living for God and being holy and being submissive. You can't have the victory without submission. What happens if we go into a battle and nobody obeys the orders? Is there victory there? No. And yet we've got Christians that are going into battle, ready to take on the devil, and they've done everything but submit to the orders of our commander. You better make sure you're listening to him, because you and I have no ability, none, nada, no ability to, change the de- to challenge the devil in any way. I'll take the devil on. You better not. Jesus said in John fifteen five. without me, you can do what? Nothing. First John, 14, I'm sorry, First John 4, 4. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Andy, I just can't get victory. The devil keeps beating on me and beating on me and beating on me. The first question I'm going to ask you is the first question I ask of myself. Am I completely and totally submitted to God's power in every aspect of my life? Because if I am not, I'll have no victory. None. None. Tonight, we'll talk about the process. But before we get into the process, we've got to deal with the so what of this. Before we all buy into the process, we've got to come to an understanding that we need it. So here's my so what. We've got to be careful that we don't give the devil credit where he's not due. The fact is, Most of the problems I have, I have because of my own stinking rotten flesh. And that's its own message. That's its own series. That's its own ministry. And a lot of the problems that I have, I have because I listen and embrace the world. But there are times that the devil, or more accurately, one of his minions... Somebody acting on behalf of him and at his behest. Some demon comes against me. And it takes many forms. If you're saved, whew, do I say it? Yeah. Yeah. You understand that it's my job to call out false teachers, right? I don't care what Greg Locke says, Christians cannot be possessed. He's wrong. That's pretty basic. That's pretty elementary. Can you prove it? Yeah, somebody already lives there. And do you think the Holy Spirit's willing to uh, sublet? You think he's willing to be a roommate with some demon? No. And if he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you, he's not going anywhere. And the demon can't come in. So if somebody's truly possessed, they were never saved. Okay, Saved people cannot be possessed. But can we be oppressed by demons? And the answer is yes. I don't talk about this a lot because I don't want to whet any appetites. But you better believe the devil's forces are coming against God's people in a big way right now. And they'll come, and they'll speak to you, and they'll speak into your thinking. They'll speak into your soul. They'll try to get you to to buy into things that are just completely not true. Like, you know God's God's forgotten about you, right? You, You realize that this isn't working, right? You realize all the obedience to God in the world isn't fixing your problems. You realize God's failed you. You realize God lies. yea, hath God said... They love to do that. And so something bad happens to your family. Something bad happens in the church. Something bad happens at work, and they get going, and they come hard. And maybe that's where you are right now. There's a voice that's not of God speaking into your soul trying to get you to take your eyes off of him. And you need victory. I've seen it happen in my own life. I start believing things that under normal circumstances I'd never think were true. People that have been through tough medical situations, extended times of pain, extended times of heartache, extended times of, of questions and uncertainty. Their child has been out in the world too long. All of these things can contribute, but the devil just bears on you and bears on you and bears on you and he won't shut up and he won't stop. And you need victory. That's right. And maybe that's where you are right now. Well, it begins by taking a principled stand on the word of God. I'm not going to listen to the voices. I'm not going to listen to the world. I'm not going to listen to my flesh. I'm not going to listen to the entertainment industry. I'm not going to listen to the big box stores. I'm not going to listen to the musicians. I am going to live based on what the word of God says in principle and precept. I'm taking a stand against Satan then you adopt the only posture that's going to work. It's not this. It's this. This is your posture. Lord, I don't understand it all. It hurts. It's difficult. But I am completely 100% yours. Whatever you want to do with me and in me and through me, I don't understand it all, and I may not even like it, but I submit to it. The devil is not afraid of this, he can knock you off anything. But he is terrified of this. Because when we're like this, God's there. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, Andy, I need some victory. I need to see the devil on the run. Then adopt some principles and get down in the right posture. And we'll see how we can defeat the devil.